0: WWL-NFL analyst, co-host of Sports Talk. How you doing, Mike?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you, Tommy.
0: Before we get to the Saints, for people that don't understand how football is a game of who wants it the most, for the Green Bay Packers to let the Detroit Lions come into their house and kick them out of the playoffs, my God, it makes you sick, doesn't
1: it? It goes to show you, uh, you know, this was a team that, The Packers had dominated for a long time. And Dan Campbell got them pointed in the right direction. The Lions aren't playing for anything other than a winning season. And they got it done. And so, hey, um, the Packers and the Saints uh, sort of mirror images of one another this year on on how things turned out. Uh, These were teams that thought, you know, hey, we're going to win with uh, our defense. They had Aaron Rodgers, certainly. Uh, that's a big part of their game. But none of that made any difference to the Lions. They could care less. And uh, I've got to give it credit, man. Dan Campbell got his team ready to play, mm-hmm. and they got the W. And they were
0: eliminated right before the game.
1: But all they I did was eliminated. get them fired
0: up, get them angry. And it seems like... You know, the Saints had so many chances throughout the season. Not only did it not get them angry, not get them fired up, they couldn't take advantage of anything. Uh, How do you want to start, Mike? Let's start with yesterday's game and a quarterback rating for Sam Darnold of 2.1. And you lost the game playing against a quarterback with a quarterback rating of 2.1. I don't think I've ever heard of one that low.
1: I've not heard of one that low. And you uh, were plus one giveaway-takeaway and still lost. Uh it's a microcosm of the entire season. Uh you somehow, some way, uh found a way to lose. And uh, that that's what happens. Uh but you know what? We we've seen it, Tommy, most of the season. Exactly what happened yesterday. You come out in the opening drive and you go down field, you score seven nothing and you say, Man, uh they they roll in here. You know, had opportunities. You, again, drive. Eh, missed field goal. Uh, late in the second quarter, had an opportunity. You, in the territory of the Panthers, uh, Dalton completes a pass to Olave. He got two timeouts. He don't need the extra yardage. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns up the field fumbles the ball. So, you got inside Carolina's territory, Four times in the first half, you came away with points once. <laughs> once. It's basically what we've seen most of the season.
0: I right, on the plus side, Alvin Kamara, he wanted to be there. He wanted to play football. He played like it. He ran hard.
1: No, Alvin had a terrific game. I mean, he, he ran the football hard. And you could tell the Panthers game plan was to kind of stack things up up front and say, you know what, if you're going to beat us, make Dalton, you know, Dalton's got to be the one to do it. And, uh, man, Alvin played hard, ran hard. A lot of times the holes weren't there. He sort of made his own hole mm-hmm. and he was carting people. Yeah. He he, I thought he had a really strong game, uh, to finish out the season. And, uh, Disappointing that that effort uh, went for well, uh, n- nothing involved with a W for sure.
0: And on the other side of it, we'll pick it up here when we come back. Chris Olave targeted twelve times, caught the ball five times. Like Mike was saying, a, a critical fumble. Uh, you know, last impressions are lasting impressions. But do you judge Chris Olave on a whole season? Do you judge him on yesterday? Uh, You know, I I don't know, man. A coaching staff and the Saints organization is going to have some tough decisions to make, and we'll talk about all that with Mike when we come back. If you have any questions or comments, 504-260-1870. That's the Oakland Heart Jeweler talking text line. It's wide open. Text your thoughts to 504-260-1870, and I'll pass them along to Mike when we come back. 620 now, time for traffic on WWL. 6.25, Tommy Tucker, WWL. Back to Mike Dettelier, WWL NFL analyst, co-host of Sports Talk, talking about that thrilling Saints game yesterday. Whew, 10-7. You know, I listened to Mike and, uh, and Deuce and Steve Geller, and boy, I could tell they were ready for it to be over. I don't think anybody wanted overtime. Uh, it's too bad. The, the Saints <laughs> could win the sure. game. Yep, it's too Man, bad. You,
1: you must have been listening in because, uh, you know, I told this to Bobby, we were watching the game. I said, Bob, this can't go into overtime. <laughs> it just can't. I don't think and it was, was just was.
0: you or – I think it was the whole public. I don't think anybody in the <laughs> Dome care. I think they just want somebody to win the damn game and then get it over with, you know?
1: But it was waiting to see which one would do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, because you really weren't sure for a while.
0: Which was you said, microcosm of the same season. It was a microcosm yeah, of the NFC. opportunities.
1: So, microcosm missed of the NFC South
0: as well, Mike.
1: Right? Yeah, but because uh, the come on, the NFC South was lousy this year. Yes, it absolutely was absolutely lousy. Uh, okay. uh, the three teams finished with seven and ten records, and you got the winner with an eight and nine record, and that uh, then the Bucks will host the Cowboys next Monday night,
0: and that ain't right. That's
1: just not right. <laughs> no, that, that makes – but that, that's the NFL. That's the way the rules are set up, and that's just the way it is. Uh, but, um, you know, again, uh, it was to see from week to week which one would figure out a way to lose an and, and how to do it. And, and they were imaginative. I do give them credit.
0: A 12-5 and five team got to travel to play an 8-9 and nine team, and that just does not seem right, but that's the way it's set up. We, we got stuck with it. Uh, with the Beast Quake, right? When we went to Seattle that year, when did. Exact yeah.
1: exact same thing. And Carolina in twenty fourteen. Uh, let me see. I think there were seven, eight, and one. Mm. Uh they they had a losing record. And they hosted a playoff game and actually won just like Seattle did. They won the for opening round uh a playoff game. So now once the regular season's over, yes you Things have changed a bit because that's come playoff time. And we see a lot of things happen out of the ordinary, especially in that first round of the playoffs. We really, really do.
0: Any given Sunday and you're playing a home game. Chris Olave, you know, to me, he also signified a lot of the same season because you got a guy that can do it, does it sometimes, doesn't really do it when you need it. You can't count on him. I don't know. how Will Lutz, same thing. I got to tell you, I'm not on the Will Lutz bandwagon at all. Sometimes you can count on him. Sometimes you can't. I'm sure there are people that are worse than him out there, probably people that are better than him out there. I don't know if you can say the same about Chris Olave. What are your thoughts on all of that, Mike? Because that seems to be a tale of the same season, where you got guys that can do it, they just didn't.
1: Okay, with Chris, I think sometimes we forget, too. He's, in, he's his rookie season. All right. And he's not built. Uh, To be a guy to go over the middle, or and that you know that that's not his forte.
0: He's no Megatron.
1: No, he's he's not a big receiver. Mm -hmm. But once Michael Thomas went down to the foot toe injury, then you're asking him to do things from that standpoint. That you're using him a lot of times like a big man receiver downfield. He's not built for that. I thought he, he had a good to very good rookie season. <laughs> really did. I thought he played well at times. But then he also showed, uh, like a like virtually every rookie, uh, you're going to make mistakes with a drop pass or a fumble or whatever. And so uh, he's a he's guy I want on my team because he's a very good player. And he's going to get better as a player. But what it showed you was, the importance of not having that big man receiver. Once Thomas got injured, it it really took that part of the game out of their offense. It took it out, and Thomas is never playing again with the Saints. Never. I mean, what happened over the weekend to restructure that contract? That was a precursor to what's going to happen after June first, where they're going to cut him loose. Uh, That's nothing but paperwork to be done. To free up cap money, and basically, you're going to cut him loose after June 1st, where you can sort of separate uh, what you still owe him off the books.
0: Why did he go along with it, Mike?
1: Because I I think, you know,
0: most likely.
1: Yeah, I think most likely his agent and and Mickey Loomis had to sit down and said, hey, listen, uh, it's maybe best we part ways here. Let's find a, a financial way to do it. And the Saints gave him a million dollars up front and then kind of is going to separate that money after June 1st. And I've said this now for a long time. There's nobody that's going to trade for Thomas because of the contract. They're not giving you up anything. You gave him that contract. We don't want it. So if you want to get rid of him, you cut him loose. And that's exactly what the Saints are going to do after June 1st. But what happened over the weekend is a precursor to to paperwork that's really going to be filed uh, in the early part of the summer.
0: All right, let's take a quick break, pick it up here. We come back, 504-260-187. You got any questions for Mike Detellier? Right now it's time for WWL First News. For that, we go to Dave Cohen. 6.44, 6.44, 16 before 7, Tommy Tucker. Quickly back to Mike Dettiglia, WWL NFL analyst, co-host of Sports Talk. Mike, how do the Saints even – how do you even begin this? Do you, do you work out your cap issues and then see um, from there wh- where you can go or who you can afford? Do you identify needs first? How would you even go about identifying needs? Because I was thinking about all of this yesterday because that's the way my mind works – and then, you know, you got to judge people on the totality of their performance, I guess, over the season. Uh, tell me. Walk me through this. Where, how do you do it?
1: Okay, first things first. Uh, and I said this a few months back, and, and I'll stick to it. You're going to have to have changes on your coaching staff and also personnel changes. Uh, you can't keep, uh, redo the same thing over and expect different results. Okay? <laughs> In any business – you know, I don't care if it's football or whatever. Uh, if it's not working, you can't rerun it back and expect something's going to be different. Um, I would be surprised just by the way they've done things in the past if Dennis Allen wasn't back uh, uh, for 2023. Uh, I would bet I think, the
0: house that he's coming back.
1: Yeah, he's going to come back. But you got to make changes – Uh, On your coaching staff, especially, I think, on the offensive side of the football, where you really struggled all season long, your defense came around. Uh, Come on, you have a team that 10 points and you lose?
0: Mike, what I thought in the middle of the game yesterday, right before Deuce said it, was where was this defense? If the defense had played that way all year long, and they really caught fire toward the end of the season, right, if they had played that way all year long, all we needed was a me- How many times have we said that? All you need is a mediocre offense or in the middle of the pack somewhere and you'll do well. But
1: address that, happen. if you
0: will. It didn't happen. That's exactly it,
1: right. It, it didn't happen. And, and don't give me injuries as an excuse. Everybody has injuries. Every team has it. Now, again, when they're going to have these press conferences, you're going to hear coaches, GMs, everybody else, oh, well, we had injuries. Oh, okay, the other 31 teams had them too. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not the lone wolf uh, with injuries. That's what you have an offseason for, to build up depth on your football team to do the best you can and give your, cha- give your team a fighting chance when you do have them. So, first things first, you've got to come up with a coaching staff uh, for 2023. And and Dennis is going to have to make some decisions. And you also have the specter in the background of a former coach getting back into the game that could potentially poach some of those assisting coaches away from you. Uh, Because there is no doubt. Uh, I know Sean said a different story yesterday. But there is no doubt he wants to come back and coach again. And, you know, you have familiarity with a number of these assistant coaches on the staff.
0: Well, he did say so he talked what, to the Denver people, right?
1: Yeah, he said he talked to them. I and mean, you can't officially do it till mid January. But mm-hmm. here's my deal you've already sort of come up with the parameters of a deal and you spoke. If you didn't have a major interest, you wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about a dude that's net that worth is. 60 to 70 billion dollars. He's part of the Walmart clan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you got a guy, money's not going to be the object here. And the fact that you spoke to him and got permission from the Saints tells you you have worked out at least parameters of a trade. And then you can officially kind of go by whatever happens, happens come mid January because that's part of the NFL rules. Mike, once you. Well, the only thing I
0: want to ask you is: Ain't no way he winds up with Carolina, right?
1: No, you'd have to give me up a hell of a lot more than you do when you go to Denver because oh, yeah. you play in the same division twice a year. Now, again, that guy's got cash too. Now, yeah. I mean, that guy's worth twenty-five billion dollars, and you know he. When you have that type of money,
0: but the Saints could the veto one thing that. You, right? You
1: don't have is patience.
0: Could the Saints veto that, Mike? Could they say no? You can't go to Carolina.
1: You potentially could. Okay. You could potentially say, no, we, we don't want you having to play you twice a year. And, and I'm not real sure, since they haven't asked for permission yet. Now, already, that owner has already had conversations with Jim Harbaugh, which I think he found out what most people do. Jim's a, a different sort of a breed of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, again, the National Enquirer Connection. Uh, which would be great for the NFL, would be if he ended up in Indianapolis with Jim Irsay. Because uh, Jim Irsay kind of does things to the beat of his own drum, and so does Jim Harbaugh.
0: So what did and you say? He the he played what, for Irsay. National Enquirer? What do you mean by that?
1: Man, listen, uh, Jim's had a checkered pass. I'm talking about Irsay. Oh, okay. Uh, the oh, oh,
0: yes, 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 yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> so yes. you got him along with a guy who's uh, – a bit of a live wire with no insulation as a coach. He, he does things a certain way, and he's a micromanager of the highest level. Man, he's worried about, uh, you know, what color is on the ticket sales, or what uh, promotions. He got involved in all that in San Francisco. Everything. And, and I mean, he irritated a lot of people there. But you're not going to break him of that. I think if you're a micromanager, and listen, I hate to say it, sometimes I am too, but i got to fight it, that you you don't get involved in things that really don't involve you when you're in charge of something. Because you're the head coach. You're not in charge of promotions. You're not in charge of other things. But that has always been Harbaugh's deal. All
0: right, let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. we come back. Would you say a live wire with no insulation?
1: Live wire, no insulation.
0: All right, 651 more when we come back. 9 till 7, traffic now, WWL. 656 and a half. Before we run out of time, I want to remind you to join Bobby Hebert and Mike Detillier live in the Silver Slipper Casino. Your host on the coast are going to analyze the Saints' final 10 7 loss to the Panthers. Talk about the lessons learned this season, what the future holds. For the Saints, especially in lieu of Denver's pursuit of Sean Payton. 6:30 Saints Coaches Show. Bobby Hebert, Mike Hoss going deep with Saints head coach Dennis Allen and our good friend offensive lineman Zach Streif. That's on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Then at 7:30, back to second guest with Bobby and Mike on WWL. Mike, well, what do you, uh, players, priorities, positions? A couple of minutes left. Where would you put the highest priorities? Uh, real quick, I'll just ask you, You Will luck To get you think, better? Yeah, you Will Re- Real quick, uh, you, go you
1: got to figure out what you want to do at quarterback. Okay, uh, okay if, if you're going to go out and try to get a veteran quarterback uh, in a trade, if it's uh, a Lamar Jackson, which seems to be a situation in Baltimore, that they've come to an impasse that the Ravens can't re-sign him. They can't come to a, a long-term deal and they're going to have to part ways with him. They're going to have to trade him. Same thing with Derek Carr with the Raiders. Do you go that route, or do you try to go with a young quarterback and try to draft one? So you're going to have to make that decision on exactly what you want to do and have the bridge guy if you're going to go with the young quarterback. Because, again, you're going to go through some growing pains would whoever you bring in as a rookie quarterback that that's going to be it and then i think for me it's got to be you got to win up front and i think that was a bit disappointing because of the fact that you spent so much capital and money on your offensive line you didn't get what you really put into it and especially in the interior at offensive guard and I think that's a spot that, that you're going to have to address in the off season, And sort of the same situation on defense. What do you do with – I think Marcus Davenport's played his last game. But you got people like Carl Grandison, on those type guys, that their contracts are due. So you've got to make up your decision there. Caden Ellis is a, a guy that I think was the most improved player from a year ago that you're going to have to take care of him financially. And your secondary, they really never played together as a unit. You you had a couple games where they did, but that was it. Mike, all season long, real quick, it we'll, was jumbled up.
0: We'll talk to you again. Only 30 seconds. Good year for quarterbacks in the draft or not?
1: No, it's not. Not like what it's going to be in in 2024. Okay. That seems to be the, the money year for quarterbacks coming out of college. It's okay, but, man, if you think all of a sudden – those things are going to change. It's, it's really not. So, Bryce Young, you're not going to get a shot at. Uh, I'm a big fan of Hendon Hooker coming off a knee injury uh, with University of Tennessee. He'd be a guy to have a lot of interest in. You
0: know about this year or 2024?
1: I'm talking about 2023. This year, right,
0: gotcha. All right, thank you, Mike. We'll be listening you, this right. evening. We'll talk to you again soon, Mike, to tell you. We'll come back, talk about immigration and the border here on WWL.